0: Welcome back to the show. It's been a while since our last podcast dropped and believe me, we've missed you, the listener. It's Ryan O'Leary here alongside my good buddy, John Heath. And thanks for joining us on the Broncos Wire podcast, which of course is powered by the USA Today Network. John, how the hell are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing really good. It's been a long time since we talked, uh, Ryan. A couple of things have happened with the Broncos and now this podcast comes out Thursday, the first open practice, kind of open, you need a ticket, but open to fan practices Friday. So, Broncos football is officially back.
0: Yeah, for sure. It, it has. It's been a little bit of an offseason for us. We've both been busy in different ways. That you, any updates in the world of pizza for us? Or do you want to save that for later in the season, John? Uh, I'm thinking about doing yeah, this we weekly as a segment.
1: <laughs> we, we can get into pizza more later in the season. <laughs> it's, it's time to talk training camp and suspensions.
0: Yeah, there's a, there is a lot to get to. Dalvin Cook, the rumors that the Broncos are are in on that player. There's a couple different things. Brandon McManus got cut, and we have no idea what's going on at kicker. Do you want me to just spin the wheel, or do you want to start in a certain spot?
1: We can start with the gambling. I, I feel like that's really timely right now. He's just suspended just a couple of days here before we were uh, recording this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about Ayuma Owazurike, fourth-round pick from last year, played in eight games for the Broncos. Uh, John... Basically, we know he's suspended indefinitely. He's going to miss you know, the entire 2023 season for betting on NFL games. So just give me your take on this. And was he a player that was actually going to help the Broncos this season, in your opinion, as a second year guy?
1: Yeah, I mean, last year, he could barely get on the field. And there was a late round pick, um, Henningson, who was who played in all 17 games, um, Any uh, he said he's okay with the nickname Any, and he was inactive for more than half the season. So last year he really had no impact at all, but because they lost Draymond Jones this offseason during free agency and because they lost Deshaun Williams during free agency, at the very least he would have had a chance to compete for at least rotational playing time, maybe even a starting spot, just depending on how the defensive line shakes out. So there was no guarantee. Like, he would have had to have taken a step forward in his career big time from what he showed last year. But, I mean, he would have at least had the chance. He would have been given an opportunity to compete for at least rotational playing time. And now, like you said, that's out. He's out for the entire season, and not just the entire season – He's out for January, February, March, April, May, June. So he's not going to be able to go to minicamp. He's not going to be able to go to OTAs. He's not going to – like he's going to be gone that whole time while like the guys that are rookies that are drafted, the undrafted free agents that sign, he's going to be so far behind everyone. Like he's going to be in such a huge, huge hole. And I thought for sure he would make – well, I don't know for sure, but I expected him to make the 53-man roster – and like I said, I'm, I'm not sure if he would have been a starter, or just like a rotational guy, but I thought he was going to make the 53-man roster. Now he's not going to count against the the roster this year. So he he he's suspended for the whole season, and then he arrives basically in time for training camp next year, and he's just going to be way behind everyone. So next year I think it might be tough for him to make the roster. Like he's going to have to stay in such good shape, but and he's going to be so far behind – and learning the defense and everything. So he's really put himself in a huge hole. And honestly, he doesn't really have anyone to blame but himself.
0: I 100% agree with that last part. And in terms of like the team, the Broncos, the team's gonna be fine, right? This is happening at a time where there's tons of roster movement. They'll be able to fill this spot. It's not like, you know, there's times where this can happen and you hurt your team, not only yourself. And any is hurting himself. I'm going to call him that, John, because that's a lot easier to say than his actual name. I'm struggling with that. Uh, uh, You know, he's hurting himself, but sometimes you can also hurt your team by missing an entire season. I don't know if the Broncos are really going to feel the pain with this, but part of you wants to feel for the player because, man, he might be just really just taking a sledgehammer to his own career, John, right? Right at the beginning of it, to miss the entire season, no pay. And it's a great point by you. you you're you out for a, a full year, which means to this point next year. So you're missing all of that offseason time. And I don't know. My take on this is I don't want it to be too harsh. But if like if I'm Sean Payton, I'm walking up to the player. I'm opening up his head and I'm looking inside and saying, oh, oh, good. You do have a brain in there after all, you know, because like there's no excuse. There's no excuse for this, John, right? Like there's things that happen to players in the NFL. And these are a lot of times. These are really young guys, guys in their early 20s. Things happen guys get popped for like PEDs are an example where you can explain it away and say okay gosh I didn't I didn't know I couldn't use that substance or my trainer gave me that or I don't know I didn't read the fine print sorry you know that kind of thing and it's like okay you 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 could brush it off laugh it off as a fan but this like betting on NFL games come on man there's no excuse there's no gray area there's no misreading a memo right john like there is just absolutely no excuse, and I just can't. I can't generate any sympathy for a player that bets on NFL games. You know, you can't do that. Obviously, we all know. And uh, I don't know. That's just my only take on it. You're you're out for the 2023 season, and that's probably what you deserve.
1: Yeah, I, I, even before this happened, and I assume the Broncos didn't know it was coming down like months ago. Peyton complained about, like you mentioned, the NFL's gambling policy, and Peyton saying it was like convoluted and hard to understand. And I think. Part of what is maybe perceived as convoluted is like they can bet on like other sports, but they can't like non and like if you want to bet on like basketball or horse races or something like that, sure. they can. But they can't if they're at the team facility. They can't if they're at the team hotel. Like if they're doing like anything NFL related, they can't bet on other sports. But I get where Peyton's saying like maybe the NFL didn't make that clear. But like you said, with any specifically. The NFL specifically said that he was suspended for betting on NFL games. And that, like, even when you're away from the facility at your home, like, there's never a time when it's okay for an NFL player to bet on NFL games. And, like, that's totally understandable because it's the integrity of the game. Like, you could get into so many problems if NFL guys can bet on NFL things. So, I. Like you said, it's just there's no real excuse for it. And the biggest thing, like you said, I feel bad for him because he, he's put himself in such a hole. And Sean Payton talked about this, too. He did an interview with USA Today, and he it seems like Payton's not real happy. Like Payton went through this when he was suspended as a coach for Bounty Gate. Like he could have no contact at all with like the coaches or players at all. It, they just completely cut you off. And with these player suspensions, it's the same way. They're so cut off that like the team can't send him like a playbook in like April, May, June, when everyone else on the roster is like learning the defense, the team can't send him that. And like in this springtime, and this summertime leading up to training camp, every player has like a customized workout from like the team's trainers. They can't even send him like team workouts. So he's just, he's totally cut off for a whole year. And like, like I said, that just puts him in a huge hole. So like from that perspective, Maybe that is a little harsh, but like you're saying, yeah, it's his own doing like there's no excuse for betting on the NFL. They just have to know you can't do that. And he's missing a whole season. He's missing a season of pay. Maybe it's a little harsh to say he can't even look at the playbook if he wants to. And he can't even at his own home, do like the the workout routine that the team comes up with. Maybe that's a little harsh, but just, the gambling on the NFL in general and getting a year-long suspension at least, like, that's warranted. And it is at least. Like, next year, he has to apply to be reinstated in July. And I assume he would be, but, like, there's no guarantee. It's an indefinite suspension. And when you said when you're Sean Payton go up to him, I thought you were about to say I would go up to him and cut him just for doing supply <laughs> so silly because so many – of the NFL players that have been suspended for gambling teams have just cut them. Just be, I think because they think it's that outrageous of a thing, like it's so clear. You can't bet on the NFL and you did like we're cutting you, but the Broncos so far, they haven't done that. And the way Peyton talked about him in that USA today interview, like saying, he wants him to have a second chance and he wants the NFL to give him a second chance. That makes me think, you know, they're not planning to cut him. Like he's going to be in a huge hole, but he's going to come back next year, and he's going to have a chance, you know, to work his way back and and get back on the team. But yeah, I, I've said it many times, he's he's going to have a massive massive disadvantage when he gets back next year.
0: Well, I think the best chance for his career is the Broncos sticking with him and, and bringing him back and giving him that second chance. So we'll see if that happens. If it comes out, John, that Owaserike is. Sitting in the weight room betting on March Madness, and that's what he got popped for. That I'll rescind everything I said. I'll say that's stupid. And then he didn't, he just made a bad mistake and didn't read the fine print. But if he was actually betting on NFL games, which is what we think is, is the case, then there's no excuse. There's no yeah. excuse there. So, and, and John, you mentioned uh, Bounty Gate, and I just, just had to squeeze this in real quick. Have you watched, have you seen home team with? kevin yeah kevin James. why did i like that movie why Why did i like it like I, I was like i have a two-year-old my son likes any movie with a ball in it so like i can get away with putting on like dodgeball for example with vince fawn we put on mighty ducks that works out i've like whatever he's in the football too so i'll put on home team this is going to be the worst movie I've ever freaking seen but you know it's relevant sean payton whatever i'm going to watch it why did I like it, John? I, I'm so I'm so embarrassed to say I like that movie.
1: No, it was funny. It definitely had its funny <laughs> moments, and I liked that Peyton was okay with like the self-deprecating humor. Like he he was <laughs> definitely on board for a lot of that.
0: We might have to once we get into some downtime maybe the bye week or something. Maybe we'll have to get into that movie a little more because of how <laughs> Sean Payton was portrayed with his relationship with his kid and all that. I mean, that was that was interesting. The only part I didn't care for was the puking part because that kind of made me a little nauseous. But other than that, the show was. Uh, It was it was better than I thought better than I thought it was going to be. And the little appearance by Sean Pate at the end in the janitor's outfit really made me laugh out loud. So anyway, enough on that. Uh, John, give me some uh, injury updates. I know we I mentioned Dalvin Cook at the top. So maybe this is a little segue where we can get into uh, the running back with Javante Williams. Obviously, he's a big one. We're wondering if he was going to enter training camp on the pup list. Uh, But I think we've gotten good news on guys like him and Tim Patrick.
1: Yeah, exactly. Tim Patrick and Javante Williams, they're both coming back from uh, torn ACLs last year and neither of them were put on the physically unable to perform. So that means like technically they're they're cleared to practice like Peyton said today in like his his first camp presser that they'll have some days where they're limited, they'll have some days where they're off, but they will be practicing, um, like all the guys coming back from serious injuries like that, that are not on the physically unable to perform list. And so, like, all offseason, I have not been buying into what the team has said about Javon Jones, because to me it just seemed too good to be true. But, like, right now, it seems like they've been honest the whole time. The whole time they said they thought he would be cleared for training camp, they think he'll be ready for the season, and I've just been so skeptical but here we are training camp underway and he's not on the physically underperform list. And like, even if he's limited at practice, that's still, that's still a step in the right direction. Cause we still got weeks until the season arrives. So that's great news for Javante Williams. Good news for Tim Patrick. Uh, bad news is KJ Hamler and Mike Purcell are both on the non-football injury list. And Hamler had said that he, he had a pec injury. And he said he expected to be back in time for camp. Obviously, that didn't happen. And Hamler is a guy that has just been hindered so much by injuries during his career. So you just hope that he gets back from this sooner than later and is able to bounce back this year. Cause he's in the final rookie year of his contract, if he even makes the team. So this is really like do-or-die time for Hamler. And then Baron Browning, uh, he had off-season surgery, and Kendall Hinton had off-season surgery, Both of them are on the physically-enabled list. so we'll see how their recoveries go. And then just today, Peyton said that uh, Marvin Mims, their rookie wide receiver, he has a hamstring injury, so Peyton said he could be out four or five days or a week, so hopefully that's not a serious hamstring. But, yes, sticking to the running back topic, like, Javante, this is, like, as good as news as you can get for Javante and his knee recovery, so that is just a great sign for the backfield.
0: Yeah, it's a great sign, and, and we mentioned Dalvin Cook, and I know these rumors are a little bit old and recycled, but you know we haven't chatted in a month, right, John? So we're gonna get yeah. to this here. Just give our take on it. I'll give my take first. First of all, I would think it would be a, probably a bad sign for Javante's health if they were seriously bringing in Dalvin, right? Like I think that would just signal to me that they're happy with having Dalvin Cook come in and command like an alpha role on a team because I just don't. I don't picture I don't know Dalvin Cook. I don't I don't picture him though as a guy that's gonna come in and play second fiddle. I think he's a guy that probably looks at what Saquon Barkley just got, um, which was like what, a little over eleven million for this year from the Giants. Barkley got that after holding out for as long as he possibly could before training camp and he and that's what he ended up getting is eleven million. I'm sure Dalvin Cook looks at that and says, Yep, that's what I should be getting, ten or eleven million. And it's like I don't know, and I don't really care about the money. I think you could work, especially at this point in the year, you can figure out the money. I just don't know if it makes sense for the Broncos to go and get a guy like Dalvin Cook unless they think Javante can't do it. Because Javante, yeah, he's coming off this bad injury, but he's got fresher legs, right? <laughs> he should he should be the guy. He should be the guy that's going to lead your backfield, and you have other guys complimenting him. And I don't know about Dalvin Cook as the compliment. I think he would want to be the alpha. I, I'd look at him as... A team like the Buffalo Bills or something like that. A team that is looking to get pushed over the top for a Super Bowl. A team like the Bills, they could bring in Dalvin Cook. I think they have Dalvin's brother on their team already, so it could be the Cooks in the backfield, John. How about that? We could come up with all kinds of puns. Nick Woten, if you're listening, over on the Bills Wire, just gave you some free material. There you go. But I, I just don't think the Broncos are a team like the Bills right now. You could yell at me if you want, Broncos fan. I can, I'll, I'll throw my... Cell phone number right in the description of the pod for you. How about that, John? Uh, you could call me up and yell at me because I just don't think that the Broncos in Sean Payton's first year here are thinking we're close enough to a Super Bowl that we can go get a guy like Dalvin Cook and get over the top. I just don't think they're that team. I think there's other teams that might do it. The Broncos aren't that team. So, for all those reasons and kind of hoping that it's a more of a good news situation with Javante Williams, John, and he is coming back and he is fresh and ready to lead the backfield a little bit, maybe not full bore early on, but we can find other guys to compliment him early before he's ready to go. For all those reasons, I'm kind of out on the Dalvin cook experiment experiment, good player, but I just don't think he makes a ton of sense for the Broncos. So that's my take on it. What's yours?
1: Yeah. I think uh, you saying like, he's not the Broncos are not Dalvin cook away from like being super bowl contender. I get that, but like being the workhorse, I don't think that would be that big of a problem. Cause even the bills, Not obviously none of them are Dalvin Cook, but the Bills have a ton of running backs. And I feel like in in today's NFL, pretty much anywhere where he would go, he's going to be in at least a little bit of a committee. And like maybe he'll be the one A to whoever is one B. But I don't think he's I don't think at this point in his career and in this, you know, how the NFL is now, I don't think he's going to be like an every down workhorse. Anywhere that has an opening. But you said they could make the money work and they probably could, but I'd rather just save the salary cap space they have because they, like, at some point, Pat Sertan's going to get a massive extension. And it, even guys that aren't going to get as much as him, they're going to need to do some contract extensions coming up either this season or next offseason. So I think it's smarter to roll over the salary cap space they have than to use all it up to bring in someone like Cook. Because, like you said, if Javante really is healthy, We love Javante Williams. He's a he's a fantastic running back. And they made Samaje Pirine a priority and free agent. He he's a very competent running back. Like whenever Joe Mixon was out with the Bengals, Pirine was very capable as a fill-in starter, and he's a very good, you know, second string running back who, who is a complimentary guy to Williams. So I, I think they're okay. Like they don't need a one, a one B kind of guy like cook. I think they could use a stronger third string running back than the guys they have right now. But like you said, cook, he's not a third string running back. Like if, if you bring him in, it's Dalvin cook and Javante Williams, it's them two being the show. And then it's like, okay, so why'd you pay all that money for P Ryan, at least by today's market. And like cook, Like you said, he wants 10 to 11 million. I really don't think he's getting that. Like, he's definitely not getting that from the Broncos, even from a team that needs a running back. I don't think he's going to get Barkley money. I think he's a little older than Barkley. And even though Barkley had that one serious injury, I think in general, Barkley has been healthier than Cook. I think last year was the first time in Cook's career he played a full season. So, just like the injury history, the money, like you said, the Broncos have guys like, Yes, he's a fun, exciting player, but it's not something they need to try to force to make work with their salary cap and all that. Is football reasons off the field? On top of all that, next year he's going to trial for like allegations of domestic abuse and legally. I like I don't know what all the legal ramifications are, but if nothing else, it's you know the court of public opinion. Like, is that someone that you want you you know on your team? Is that someone with all that? hanging over his head, and, and so that stuff's going to be coming up at some point down the road for Domko. And eventually, like not this season because his trial is not even until next year, I believe, but eventually he might be looking at a suspension, and so that's that's just another part to factor into it in addition to, like, the salary cap and, and who the Broncos have in the back. So we're on the same page. Like, football-wise, he's a fun player, and he he's definitely a good player, but for the Broncos, I don't think they need to try to force it to try to make that work.
0: Yeah, those allegations are from years ago too, right, John? So it's like, it's probably people don't, it's probably not front of mind. And those are headlines that you just can't avoid. Like once he is going to trial for that, those are headlines about your football team. So it is something you have to take into consideration, domestic abuse, no joke. Uh, But yeah, I just don't, I don't think the player makes sense for the Denver Broncos. He might make sense for some teams. Dalvin Cook, we all picture him especially if you play fantasy football or whatever you think he's man he's a really good player the vikings just cut him it's not like they got anything for the player they just cut him so i don't know for all those reasons i'm I'm just out on the player i think the broncos are fine hopefully javante williams is is you know spearheading that that backfield if not like you said john some rgp run is is perfectly uh capable okay another topic we haven't gotten to yet and this was this was way back in May. So forgive us, listeners. <laughs> We're going all the way back to May. Uh, but Brandon McManus was cut. He's only 31. He's only 31 years old, John. So it's not like he's his legs falling off or anything. But the Broncos cut uh Brandon McManus. Don't tell me it's because they can't they can't afford him because he's a kicker. They could have figured it out if they really wanted him, but they, they cut him loose. And I have no idea what the plan is as a kicker now, right? The guys they have, you could tell us, John, who's a camp for the Broncos. Whoever it is, I'm not I'm feeling less. Uh, I'm feeling more worried about it than if Brandon McManus was in camp. Let's put it that way. So, so what's going on with K- at kicker?
1: Yeah, well, they brought in Elliot Fry. He's a young guy. A couple years ago, he played in the AAF, and he actually had a perfect season in the Alliance of American Football. Oh, I think oh, is what oh it was God. called. But- He's only played three regular season games in the NFL. I think he may have even only kicked one field goal in each of those games. So he he has an extremely small sample size. And you never know, like Brandon McManus, he kind of bounced Around he he was somewhere before Denver, not somebody's primary kicker. So there are kickers that come into the NFL for a year or two, kind of bounce around, you know, on practice squads, tryouts, and stuff. And then when they get a chance, you know, they take it and run with it. Like that's exactly what happened with Brandon May- May- Maynes. So you never know. But I'm I'm not super confident in Fry by any means. But then just more recently, right before training camp started, they signed Brent Mayer, and uh, he played under Sean Payton with the Saints in 2021. He's been in the NFL for a while now, and last year he played with the Cowboys. And in the regular season, his numbers were actually really good. He was 29 of 32 on field goals. But then when the Cowboys got to the playoffs, probably everybody listening remembers this. He went one of six on extra
0: points in the playoffs. Yes, 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 this is that guy. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, that's him. And if you like, if you haven't seen it or don't remember, just Google Peyton Manning, Brett Mayer and like Peyton Manning's reaction. It was only when he missed like the third one and he missed like four in one game, I think. But Peyton Manning just like stood up so angry and he was like, why are we still kicking? And he was like, can you cut a guy at halftime? (laughs) So yeah, that's, that, that is one of the Broncos kicker options. But the thing is sometimes kickers get the yips and like, it's, It was terrible timing for Dallas that was in the playoffs, but they actually ended up winning that game where he was like one of four on extra points or one of five. But, you know, over the course of the entire season, his numbers were really good last year. His numbers were way better than McManus last season, at least in the regular season. So, you know, there's always a possibility of a kicker having a rough stretch. So I'm not going to totally rule him out because he had a brutal playoffs I think over the course of his career and over the course of last season and his season with the saints before that, you know, I think he's a perfectly fine kicker and he's on a veteran minimum contract. And like you said, you know, the Broncos could have made the money work, but McManus, they saved 3.75 million. And I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but it does all add up, especially when the guy they bring in to replace him is on the vet minimum. So I think, Peyton has no patience for kickers. Like McManus, he ranked 29th in field goal percentage last year. And I think when Sean Payton came in, he just looked at that and he saw that McManus was like having the sixth highest salary cap among kickers. And I think Peyton, he just he has no patience for poor kicker pay, especially or excuse me, he has no patience for poor kicker play especially when they're getting paid like that like his he went through nine different kickers in his first 10 years with the saints so i i think that could be a sign of things to come with denver like if if they're not kicking well i think sean Payton's just going to be okay on to the next guy and you know even if you're brandon mcmanus the last guy from their super bowl 50 team who was perfect 10 of 10 in the playoffs in 2015 like mcmanus will go down in Broncos history as a key important player, you know, a great kicker, like top three kicker in Broncos history, but it's what have you done for me lately? Last year was not good enough for kickers. His cap hit was kind of high. So they moved on, you know, we got this young guy in camp, we got an older veteran in camp, and we'll see how it goes. And these two may not be their only options. Like as camp cuts come up later at the end of August and a, uh, other teams cut kickers they could always claim someone off waivers so their week one kicker may not even be on the roster right now but yes yeah, sorry that was a really long-winded update on the kicker situation
0: that's a good time john it's a summer so this is a good time to talk about kickers and get it out of the way now right special teams kickers uh this is the time to do it but yeah no, you you mentioned a couple points you you mentioned brett mayer uh and you know everybody gets the yips don't don't worry about it we'll when it happens in the playoffs though, John, when his yips come in the playoffs with the pressure's on, it's like whew, god. Oh, man, that's I for, I totally forgot that this was that guy with the Cowboys. You're so right. I'm so glad you said that. and jogged my memory and I'm, I'm the visuals are coming right back to me and boy, was that uncomfortable. Oh, in a beautiful way. Cause I'm not a Cowboys fan. So that was fun to watch. <laughs> I, know, I thought it was hilarious. There. Then yeah. now they, It's
1: like, Oh man,
0: this is Denver's kicker. Oh, it was so uncomfortable. It was kind of like watching Nathaniel Hackett manage the end of football games last year. Oh, you know, it was goodness. just like marching him out there. Uh, and yeah, I know McManus really great Bronco. I think he was a fan favorite in a lot of ways for, you know, he was good with the fans. He was on social media. He would talk to you, right? Like he was pretty good. Um, had a great run in that, in the 2015 playoff run, as you said, Uh, so he's just a really good Bronco but I I refuse to believe it was a cap casualty I think the Broncos could have figured that out I think you nailed it bingo John good for you you stole my rant like they looked at a subpar 2022 season for Brandon McManus and said we're not paying you that we're not we're not justifying this we're gonna we'll figure it out like we can get this production elsewhere and that's why they made that move but it's tough to see Brandon McManus go and again. I don't trust Elliot Fry, and I definitely do not trust this Brett Mayer character after you drop that bomb that he can't make an extra point in the playoffs. Oh, boy. So, yeah. So, hopefully, the kicker is not a recurring theme on the show this year, John. Hopefully, we can just get this out of the way in the summer, and we don't have to worry about it. Uh, So, okay. One more quick thing that we wanted to hit, and we're going to come back next year and, and cover some more topics as well. You mentioned Browning earlier when you were talking about some of those injuries, and I think that kind of got the team thinking ahead and they signed Frank Clark, who is a pretty good little inside. I mean, I don't know much about Frank Clark, John, you know, forgive me, but I know he's he's got a ton of playoff and even Super Bowl experience with the Chiefs, right? So it's never a bad thing to have a guy like that around. And he comes in as I'm guessing Baron Browning insurance with him, you know, nursing an injury here.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like in, in an ideal world, In my mind, Frank Clark is like a perfect third string outside linebacker who's a very good, accomplished, rotational guy. And, you know, as injuries pop up, he can start games here and there. Like in my mind, that's like the perfect role for him at this point in his career. But I would not be surprised at all if he ends up starting in week one, because like you said, Browning is still sidelined. We don't really know what his timeline is looking like, like Peyton he hates talking about injuries like he will not get like he's like from the Bill Parcells coaching tree and and so we don't really know what kind of timeline exactly Browning has and even if Browning you know is cleared in preseason like he's not going to be up to speed the same pace that Frank Clark is cuz Clark is here practicing day one of training camp so i i bet Clark will start across from Randy Gregory in week 1 and then over the course of season, like, hopefully Browning gets back before too long. But, like, Randy Gregory has missed so many games in his career. I feel like Clark is going to end up starting, like, more than half the games of the season, either filling in for Browning or filling in for Gregory. If he gets stinged up again, like, he has a lot. So I, I think it was a smart sh- signing because you have to have pass rushers, at pass rushers, and now he's the top backup for either side. He's a, he's an accomplished guy. Like you said, you know, he has 23 and a half sacks, uh, in four years with the saints in the playoffs. He has 13 and a half sacks and 13 playoff starts. So he's been a productive guy. And and I think, you know, recently he's had, you know, just a couple, a handful of sacks a year, but he, he generates pressure. He gets quarterback hits. He's a vet. He can set the edge. So he's a good, uh, like you said like a good fallback option if browning's not ready to play week one he can be that guy
0: all right john we hit we hit pretty much all of our bullet points but we have some that we can save uh for next week um i think we'll we'll tease a few things unless you really want to get into the new helmet i know you wanted to get my my uh, opinion on the new helmet should we tease that for next week or should we do it now
1: yeah, let's just tease that okay. and talk about our
0: helmet, All right. the helmet. I know Broncos fans feel a certain way about uh, this new white helmet, so John and I are gonna give our thoughts on that, and also some other some other things like Patrick Sertan. We talked about him earlier, John. Him getting some reps as at punt returner. I have a rant about that. Uh, we could we could do that. <laughs> I'm sure you know what side of that I'll be on, and uh, and some rules changes, especially one that Sean Payton has some opinions about as well in terms of this new fair catch rule on kickoff. So I have some thoughts on that as well, as I know you do, John. So we'll tease that stuff to next week. What else is going on next week? I know there's another big thing that you want to talk about next week. We'll tease that as well.
1: The Hall of Fame uh, senior candidates are announced the day this podcast is coming out. So after we've recorded this episode, we'll find out, you know, the Hall of Fame statuses of Randy Gratishar, Mike Shanahan, and Dan Reed. So whether the, you know they're finalists or not finalists, we'll hit that on next week's episode.
0: All right. Sounds good. Hey, John, good to hear your voice again and be back on here, man. That was a lot of fun.
1: You too. Thanks for doing this, Ryan. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, of course. And we appreciate you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Catch you then.